0: For this episode, we'll be talking about T-Rex, the slider. In the room, I have Ben. Rock. And Adam. The Slider is the third studio album by English rock band T. Rex. Their seventh, if you include the group's earlier incarnation as Tyrannosaurus Rex. Uh, released twenty first July nineteen seventy two on the record label EMI and Reprise, and the producer is Tony Visconti. And the genre is glam rock. And from All Music Review, Steve Huey, buoyed by two UK number one singles in Telegraph Sam and Metal Guru the slider became T-Rex's most popular record on both sides of the Atlantic. Despite the fact that it produced no hits in the U S the slider essentially replicates all the virtues of electric warrior crammed with effortless hooks and trashy fun. All of Bolin's signatures are here. Mystical folk-tinged ballads, overt sexual come-ons crooned over sleazy bop boogies, looping nonsense poetry, and a mastery of the three-minute pop song form. The main difference is that the trippy mix of Electric Warrior is replaced by a fuller, more immediate-sounding production. Bullen's guitar has a harder bite, the backing choruses are more up front, and the arrangements are thicker-sounding even introducing a string section on some cuts. Mm. Even with the beefier production, T-Rex still doesn't sound nearly as heavy as many of the bands it influenced and even a few of its gland contemporaries, but that's partially intentional. Bolin's love of a good groove takes precedent over fast temples or high volume crunch. Lyrically, Bolin's flair for the subliminally ridiculous is fully intact, but he has way too much style for the slider to sound truly stupid, especially given the playful, knowing wink in his delivery. It's nearly impossible not to get caught up in the irresistible rush of melodies and cheesy good times. Even if it treads largely the same ground as Electric Warrior, the slider is flawlessly executed in every bit the classic that its predecessor is. All right, what do we think of The Slider by T Rex? You love it. I, I can it. see it on it, your face right now. It rips.
1: <laughs> it's so good.
0: Yeah. It's just... I was wondering how I would
1: feel, you know. I haven't listened to them in a while. I listened to them a lot as a younger person. I was going
0: to say, Electric Warrior is like a regular rotation for mm-hmm. me. The Slider, um, whereas I, I've always called it Slider. Yeah, me too. I never call it The Slider, yeah. but it's it's obviously that's the name. It's funny.
1: I haven't listened to this record all the way through for like, like almost 20 years. And uh, you know, I had like best ofs or whatever that had songs like the slider and whatnot, but like, and metal guru, but like, boy, this record's good. (laughs) It's
2: really fun. I don't listen to T-Rex as frequently as I did in my mid twenties when I listened to it constantly. (laughs) But back in the day, I think I, I think I listened to the slider more than electric warrior. Like slider was like like my go-to. It's so up. Yeah. Like it's got like a, party like
1: the production is so good guys like the it's just so big and bold and in your face uh it's just got like this aggressive fun quality yeah i love the big backup vocals the string arrangements
0: on this record are very cool i found out something about the backup vocals i did too i well i wanted to mention the backup vocals because i had never put it together in my brain that the real like a T-Rex song has those vocals. That is like a T-Rex song. Yeah. I had always just kind of like it, it never like sunk in that those things, those the flow and Eddie are just what make a T-Rex song a T-Rex song. hmm It's so crazy. I it just it's one of those things like once you hear it, I just can't unhear yeah. those backup vocals, and it makes so much sense to me
2: now. Do you know the story of Flow and Eddie? Yeah, but go ahead. Yeah. So Flo and Eddie, uh, it, I don't think it's the real names, mm. uh, but uh, Flo and Eddie are the the two singers of the Turtles. Really? Uh, yes.
0: Yeah. It's uh, Mark Volman, Flo, short for uh, fu- fu- fluorescent uh,
2: leech, and Howard Kalen, who is Eddie. And so they came to prominence with the Turtles. Uh, turtles disbanded. Flo and Eddie then started hanging out with Frank Zappa, and Flo and Eddie on a, I think a good amount of that like late sixties Zappa stuff. Mothers, yeah. Mother stuff, yeah. Flo and Eddie are there as like the, the falsetto harmony background vocals, and then they're showing up again in T Rex. I always assumed that was like him doing those. I always did, too.
0: I kind of thought about it, in the, but you can hear the double. I mean, you can hear that. Sort I, know, of I like thought heart. it was layered. Yeah, right? I did, yeah. too. But he, they're on every song. Also, I had kind of read that he was a bit super, not superstitious, but sort of like he, they were on Bang a Gong. They were on some of his other hits. To,
1: yeah. And
0: like the strings the, the he was like, let's we got to replicate like the sound, what the worked, what worked, yeah. Those back end man. vocals,
2: that, that's part of the T Rex sound. Exactly.
0: Which they eventually got a, a bit sick of his ego. They left, and that's kind of when it, like a lot of people would say, his, it kind of passed
2: his, uh, his, his golden his sweet era. Spot. Yeah. I feel like he could have found like a dime store flow and Eddie. It wouldn't have that, it same wouldn't have been as good. Straight, yeah, absolutely. But you, like, you can find backup vocalists. Yeah. Yeah. If you're Mark Bolin. Yeah. Yeah, I
0: think yeah. he also wanted to move in that a more of a how did he put it? uh like a, a funkadelic like Parliament, like and later T-Rex idea is
2: an acquired taste at best.
0: I, I could th- see that, too. Let's talk about Slider and the sleazy good time. That is this
2: album. <laughs> it is a sleazy good time. <laughs> uh, like, and there, there's there's like really pretty ballads on it, too. It's true. Spaceball Ricochet, Ballrooms of Mars. I like how much space is in glam rock. Yeah. Uh, It's definitely
1: the, like, it's like the T-Rex is like, and this record for sure, is definitely the sex music of rock and roll. Like in terms of just like, you know, like there's there's those albums that are just like totally like. For, for love making and like this is the rock and
2: roll version because it's just so like it's dirty and slinky it's very uh it's I, got that vibe i think when we covered uh electric warrior we mentioned that uh at least back in the day jackson had uh, jackson swain had called electric warrior the uh the best makeout album
1: no yeah. <laughs> And I definitely, I definitely remember being a early twenty something person making out
2: to, the, to that <laughs> record, and I remember
1: Jackson also lending me a tape he had, and I didn't know about Tyrannosaurus Rex, mm-hmm. and it was all that like super like wizardy like yeah. stuff, yeah. And, like folky Weird wizard folk, songs, yeah. and I was like, whoa, I had no idea. I thought he was just into like rock and roll, partying and boning. You like, know, he also liked wizards. Also wizards.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: uh, I did find it interesting. He, the I don't. I'm gonna mispronounce that he. So he recorded in Paris Chateau de Hoover. H- H- yeah, H- 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 it's spelled Haroville. H- H- but H- I do not know the French yeah.
2: pronunciation. You.
0: <laughs> but uh, Visconti, you know, recalled that when they first got there, I mean, a, a lot of the band was a bit on edge because. Uh, Mark was under such pressure to produce. Mm. He had a big hit with & Gong, yeah, and so he was under a lot of this pressure. He started drinking a lot, and um, you know, when the band got there, I think one of the like first things they sat down, and they started eating. Is like, I'm not paying you to eat, and they uh, got this like tension. <laughs> He's a, he got a big ego for yes. sure, big personality, yes. and so there were a lot of things he was like, oh, you know, sing along with me to stuff. He's kind of like a bit of a. Taskmaster, but Visconti said that once they got in the groove, like once they started finally sitting down to that, having a few like bottles of wine in the e- evening in this, you know, big like area and just running around this sort of uh, mm-hmm. uh, having those night parties and re- listening to the day's like mixes, it everything just dissipated with those people and and they kind of all. It fell in love with the process a bit.
2: Got to respect the groove.
0: Yeah. It's very cool. Also, I I think I had read that a lot of them didn't know exactly what they were recording for which parts and they they thought it was str- like certain things were strange and then when they heard the playback they're like, "Oh, okay." Mm-hmm. Like it started to make
2: sense to uh I thought it was strange. Urge. But it turns out it was baby Uh (laughs) strange. And it rips. I looked into that Chateau de Harrowville I'm I'm sure I'm saying it wrong. Yeah. Uh, so it, it it was actually Elton John that uh, recommended he record mm-hmm. there to uh, to avoid UK tax laws. Uh, to a, <laughs> well, the, a tax a, dodger. A, yeah. Elton John. <laughs> and so El, Elton John knew because he'd record there previously. Uh, any guesses at uh, which album? Uh, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. He did record that one there. But I was speaking of Honky Chateau. Oh. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, he also did uh, Don't Shoot Me, I'm the Piano Player and Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. Nice. At this point, he had only done Honky Ch- Chateau. Apparently, this 16th, 17th century Chateau had like a bit of a second life as a recording studio in the 70s. How fun. It was bought by like a composer in the mid-20th century, and he turned it into a studio. Uh, after after a fire when he had to like renovate anyway, there's a, a there's a laundry list of bands that ha- have recorded albums there. A few highlights: uh, uh, Bowie recorded "Pinups" and "Low." There, uh, Chris Bell recorded "I'm the Cosmos." Iggy Pop recorded "The Idiot." Wow. Uh, the Grateful Dead was once playing in that town at a festival, and they were put up at the chateau. The festival got rained out. And then they just sat set up outside the chateau and started playing like quote to no one, and by the end of the day, half the town had showed up, and it was just like an impromptu like happy free concert, which I think is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Many many decades and centuries before that, uh, uh, Chopin lived there. Wow. Oh wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's incredible. It's also known as uh, Strawberry Studios. Mm. Oh, cool. Yeah. Do you know how how long
0: this took? Because it blew my mind. I've never no. heard. Four days. What? Seven, 17 songs they recorded. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's Visconti's memory of, of how long. But he's ready to go? He said they were, I mean, Mark... And that's just recorded, not mixed, right? Yeah. I was going to say that would be yeah. unreal. Yeah. But he said they worked late in the night. They were, like, every minute was, like, basically just consumed with wow it's so crazy because like with the success that they had had already yeah like
1: they should have had a budget and it's just so crazy to me because weren't we just talking about Manassas where yeah. like they spent like a long time right? sure
2: yeah yeah Steven Stills will do that
0: I'm yeah. just saying
2: like they also wake you mean, up in the middle of the night <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I bet Mark Bol- just won't let you go to sleep in Marvel the lets you go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, Mark Bolland like- won't
1: let you go to sleep
0: <laughs> then wakes you up in the middle of the night <laughs>
1: And then <laughs> charges you
0: back pay. Yeah, for eating. For eating. <laughs> yeah, these vocals. Every song. Yeah. It just like after I heard it, I was like, every song. This is like that. What it's it's to me like the definitive like what makes the T Rex song a T Rex song.
2: Mm-hmm. It's just so the, the, the well, full sound is there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think if you think about it, like it was so
1: interesting to me that you were referring to his. His superstition about, like, well, what made this song hit? You know, what made this song, you know, the big one? And it is really formulaic. Yeah. I mean, they it's a very formulaic band. And it's interesting that he had the clarity of mind to realize, like, what he was doing. Because I think sometimes people get, like, especially people with big egos get so in their head about like oh it's just that it's me doing it yeah they think that they're the reason and that like whatever they do will be celebrated because they're just a genius yeah but it's like he's showing an awareness of like this is why this song is big or at least like let's notice the details of the songs that are successful and replicate them yeah that's that's just a shrewd businessman yeah (laughs) you know like He did. And then you know what? Those songs don't suffer for having, like, if the slider didn't have strings on it, I think it would not be as
0: good. Yeah. Yeah. He did get criticized a bit for being, a lot of critics were saying it's a bit samey. Oh, um, absolutely.
2: Within the album. You know what he did, though? He did it as two albums instead of one double album. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I respect that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I could, uh, even though I could see that, it has a, there's just like a charming yeah there's a charm to how the songs are presented and, They're like two
1: and a half minutes long too you know yeah. what i mean like it's like
0: it's just not yeah uh the new york times said mr Bolin has certain a certain fey charm that in the end defines analysis defines defies. analysis defies excuse defies,
2: ana- defies okay, analysis okay yeah. man speaking of defying analysis so I was reading some, like, retrospective uh, reviews on the slider, and these writers are, are, are talking about... it, it Like, I, multiple times I've seen kind of, like, the same sentiment. where like, man, like, I was really into it, but, like, T-Rex was supposed to be, like, a teeny bopper band, but I find myself, like, really, like, getting into these grooves, like, once I could get over that. And I guess, like, I never knew that T-Rex was supposed to be a teeny bopper band, because I never got that vibe. I...
0: I think he was he was popular with the up and coming crowd, and what I, ha- I had sort of picked up on is they considered. I mean, kind of Bowie. Maybe they didn't out and out say it, but I think Bowie and T Rex were saying the Stones, Dylan, the Beatles. That's that's behind us. Yeah, you know, like we're we're not that. As and- as much as we picked up on what they were doing we we are a completely different generation of young people making music and respect mm-hmm. us i think a, a lot of the the sameness came from the critics who were saying well you know they had grown up with those artists and so
2: they were saying i don't quite and there's, get into this there's a certain weight to a lot of stuff that's happening around this time and before this time that's just not present on t rex records t rex records are they're they're fun they're sexy they're light you know and they're kind of timeless in that regard yeah. too where it's like
1: it's just sort of like this is it's iconic in its own time yeah. period
2: like it doesn't necessarily mean it needs to be for kids just because it doesn't take itself as seriously as Stephen Stills yeah you know <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I see that as a plus point for them I yeah. never, never see the cosmic scene. was like it
0: think of something right now so every uh, when i've spoke with you before adam about music and thing you say you always hear like lyrics first then you hear like the the sound how do you feel about like t-rex in that regard so uh, his lyrics are a bit uh ethereal just, yeah they just kind of <laughs> yeah. like flow in and out and they um, kind of
1: i think that so he has so much style that um and also because he slurs everything and does that sort of like, you know, witchy kind of yeah. vocal thing, it's it's not as upfront. And so, when I when I kind of break down bands from a quick listen, I often will say like, "Oh, this is a, a vibe band." Yeah. For example, the T Rex is a str- is a vibe band. Yeah, yeah. Even okay. though they're a rocker, obviously, like it's groove. Yeah, and so. I feel that with vibe bands, unless the vocals are really featured as like an obvious important part, I don't really care if it's uh, I see because it's it's just not it's not pretending to be all about the lyrics. Like when you last week we did stills uh, Manassas and there was a song that like it's just sticking out right now where it's like all it is is lyrics. It was called like jeremy's farm or something like yep. and it's just he's describing like this farm
0: that you know he wants to live on this farm so Remember?
2: johnny's garden johnny's garden yeah. so and johnny was ringo
0: star's gardener okay <laughs> so you're saying by being like that song is is
1: that i'm gonna tell you about right. something the lyrical style is literally saying hey listen to me while i tell you about this yeah. thing t-rex doesn't really do that it's more just kind of like He's, he does the, the, the instrument voice thing, and it's like, you know, he he, he covers a couple themes sort of loosely, but he's, I think his lyrics are more designed to, like, fit the vibe.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, and Bowie kind of has a, a a bit of a similar idea. Uh, yeah, he can say, like, uh, idea.
1: I mean, Bowie is, is the top three recording artist of all time for me, and one of the reasons I got in him was almost ironically because his lyrics were so weird. I mean, they were so strange. Like, I'm an alligator, I'm a mama papa coming for you. Like, what? What are you saying? You know? And like, it's all vibe and style. And like, if you can sell it, like Mark Bolin and David Bowie can sell it, I don't give a fuck what you say. Yeah. (laughs) even Even though I think lyrics are like, often the heart of a song. Yeah. But like, Okay. Some people are just stars, man. And those people are stars. Buick
2: yeah. McCain, will you be my girl? There you go.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, but I, I think that's the thing. It's like some some people don't need... He's got poetry in there. Beard of Stars is... Yeah. Is very like poetry heavy and it's kooky, but... like yeah. He's not like... He doesn't, like, write idiot lyrics. I and mean, that's yeah, the stuff no. that kills me. Yeah, he pulls... Isn't I, like, he doesn't write, like, Eric Clapton lyrics. He has a know? book.
0: It's like, I believe he had, like, a book of sort of, like, poetry that he would pull things out of. So yeah. he was thinking... He's, yeah, he's working on it. It wasn't that he mm-hmm. just, like, came up with the riffs and was like, well, it's just Buick McCain. You know, Is like... I think he's thinking about those he's ideas. He's creating yeah. yeah. But at the same time, it, it flows... Within those the sort of song structures,
1: it all fits in his universe too. Yeah. You know, it's like he it it seems like he has a conscious idea of what T Rex
2: word choice is and all that. You know, and there's themes like the car is definitely yeah. a theme in T Rex songs. never yeah. fell in Space. love with a car before. Yeah.
0: Space ladies,
2: I bought a car. It was a low slung Thunderwing. Yeah, like, well, yeah,
1: I noticed that too. Cars. Yeah, I didn't. I not until this listen did I notice that there's a lot of that. Yeah,
0: just a quick fact. On, on T-Rex, uh, between, like, Electric Warrior this, T-Rex had sold 16 million records in less than a year and a half. Wow. Wow. Now, how, this, I wonder
2: what percentage was U.S., though.
0: Yeah. They, who there cares? were <laughs> appar- <laughs> Apparently this had no hits in the U.S. Slider
2: didn't. Yeah. I found that odd. There's two incredible. number ones in the U.K. It's incredible. Just, uh, so we're listening to Telegram Sam right now. The opening riff of Telegram Sam is oh, yeah. kind of the opening riff of Get It On a little oh, bit. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. uh, there's like 10 songs. That's one of the things that I remember. Like one of the first things I noticed when I was like 20 years old and listening to T-Rex was like, boy, they really repeat parts a lot. But I don't think, you know, it's like there's, there's artists that do that, that just like kind of pepper in like. It's a theme, like cars. Well, there's like that... You know that guy Manu Chao. Yeah. Like... Oh, he... D- yeah. He don't does... No, I know what you're talking about. From album to album, he'll use the same like samples or the same lines or he'll sing like one refrain and it'll appear over and over again throughout his career. And it's like... It's conscious, you know? I think it's like... I'm,
0: I'm okay with that, but I do not think that tel- Telegram Sam should have been a single.
2: That's a... <laughs> I think that's should have been a mood. different single. Yeah, I like, it, 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 it was a successful single. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's not what I would have... Because Metal Guru was a single, yeah. and Telegram Sam was the other one. Yeah. Man. I yeah, mean, there's... I think that... There, there, I don't know off the top of my head which song I would have picked instead of Telegram Sam. But I think I would have picked a different one. Yeah. Yeah, I thought... Maybe they mix were... it up a bit. Like, even the... the I don't know... You know, I've never had a hit single. I don't know what makes a hit. But, uh, you know, The Slider's a cool song. It is. Yes, yeah, it there's was blend. a single. That's, that's why I didn't understand, because that's yeah. on
1: all the best ofs.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Or or maybe, like, also, I don't know. Like You don't want to mess up a good thing, and T-Rex had a good thing going after uh, Electric Warrior. It's very possible that, I mean,
0: they they were like, oh, Telegram Sam yeah, sounds just like a if follow-up. they follow, like, a
2: part two, you know. But I think some of like the the less sh- surefire, like, oh, if you like get a bang it on, get a gong, you're going to love this. If they if they were not going for that surefire formula, some of the slow songs on the slider, I think, are some of the stronger songs. Yeah. Like, uh well, like the slider is more of a mid tempo. But yeah, like Spaceball, Ricochet, Rabbit Fighter, uh Ballrooms of Mars. Like those are good songs.
0: Yeah, they're great. Just gonna keep listening to this album.
2: So the uh, the front and back album photos are credited to Ringo Starr. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Tony Visconti remembers it differently. Uh, so the, it it was, as you might be able to tell from the top hat, if you've ever seen any uh, footage or the film, the T Rex rock and roll film, Born to Boogie, that Mark Boland made with Ringo Starr. Uh, the, these photos were shot during filming for that movie. Uh, Tony Visconti remembers that that Mark Bolin had like two rolls of black and white film that he had uh, and a camera handed to Visconti and or Ringo and said like, "Hey, let's during the day, let's just fill two rolls uh, of shots." And Tony Visconti, the producer, says that most of the day Ringo spent. Like setting up shots, like film shots, like for the movie. He was mostly preoccupied with that while Tony Visconti was walking around taking pictures with the camera. And he says that's where these shots came from. But then Ringo had been such a good collaborator with Mark Boland that Mark Boland gave him a photo credit.
0: Yeah. As said, he probably just forgot, you know, that's how it went. But he said he will, I can't remember if he said he would fight Ringo or he would just like, he would contest it with Ringo (laughs) if they wanted to. (laughs) Uh,
1: Also couldn't hurt to have Ringo Starr's name on the back of the album. That's how I see it.
2: You've already got the affiliation with the movie coming out. Like it just ties things
1: together. Yeah. Sounds like marketing to me. And
2: I, I totally get that it, there's a lot of stuff happening. There's multiple cameras around. At the end of the day, you, you don't remember who took what picture. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. Totally. What do you think of this?
2: I fucking love it,
0: man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Super positive. <laughs> yeah. Very fun record. Yeah. It's a great record. And it
1: feels fresh. You know, it's like, like I know that we already had Electric Warrior. Yeah. I wasn't there that week, but like, the um that thing about bowie and t-rex being like the next generation you can hear it yeah i mean it sounds different you know and i think that's the coolest part about doing this podcast is like hearing those like big jumps where you're like oh wow i've been hearing stuff that sounds like manassas for you know six seven years like i'm really sick of it and then all of a sudden you hear whoa this is some like exciting, yeah. different, fresh stuff. And, and it yeah. makes you re- realize like what it must have been like for um,
0: those it's, fresh years at the time. It's kind of interesting extent. you say that too, because on Bowie and on T Rex, they're bringing in those string arrangements. But maybe that's what a part of what makes it different is that they are these rock and rollers and they're bringing in the string yeah. instruments that have classically been with the crooners yeah. and the. Uh, ballads. But they're connected. They're yeah, and they they come in with a, a bit of a different uh, approach. So yeah, super positive on so good on this one. It's mm-hmm. really fun. I was gonna mention one of my favorite thing uh, parts about it is that opening just, wow. Wow.
2: Ah, yeah. yeah,
0: just just comes in like he's celebrate like it's a victory lap of sorts. From the last album, just like it starts it off on such a high note, it's explosive. Yeah, uh, and just says it's time to party. Yeah, let's get into the album. Yeah, you
1: can picture like the lights going dark at a show. Yeah, and suddenly everybody's cheering, and like you like the stage, you can see people like their you know shapes on the stage, and then all of a sudden the lights come on and it's just the vocalist doing that and then it slams in and everybody goes crazy and it's like you can picture like how effective just putting that song on in a room in any context could be it's just I've
0: been at many a parties opening. where the slider has been put on, and it never stopped the
2: party. Oh, I no. <laughs> no. Pro tip. On. If you're having a house party, put on the slider. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's,
1: uh, that's a circa 2001 tip
2: from this <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. Next time, we'll be talking about David Eccles and American Gothic. All right. All right. Thanks, y'all.
2: Just
1: a man. I understand the wind and all the things that make the children cry. With my last paw, I know I'm small, but I enjoy living anyway.